Today on the 1012 podcast, four of my favorite Big 12 fans off of social media joined us live on YouTube for our latest 1012 Big 12 fan cast. We talk about was this a successful year for the Big 12, the bowl games we're looking forward to the most, the best games of the year, and more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is brought to you in part by our friends at Charlie Hustle Clothing Company. They're a vintage-inspired clothing company based out of Kansas City that specializes in collegiate and hometown apparel. Charlie Hustle wants you to be the best-dressed fan this season, so be sure to check out their wide selection of officially licensed collegiate apparel today. Show off your school spirit all season long. They just put out some of these like varsity sweaters for a few of the schools. They've got Kansas and Kansas State among others. They're fantastic. I've seen Texas Tech fans on Twitter saying, when are we going to get ours? When are we going to get ours? Charlie Hustle's got a lot coming your way. If you haven't listened to our interview with CEO of Charlie Hustle, that was last week, you need to go do so, especially if you're a Big 12 wrestling fan or a Houston fan. Like just They have more coming, and they love the Big 12, which is why they have so much incredible Big 12 gear for you. So go to charliehustle.com. Check out the more than 30 schools they have available right now. Use the promo code 101215 for 15% off all non-sale items. Or just keep an eye out for all the incredible sales that they're running between now and the end of the year. So charliehustle.com. If there's not a promotion you like, use 101215 for 15% off all non-sale items. Or take advantage of the great deals they're going to have all the way until the end of the year. Charlie Hustle. Vintage made fresh. Welcome, everyone in YouTube land who is currently watching us go live. Uh, it's been a little while since we've done one of these, so we'll see how it goes tonight. It We did twice before the season started. Our 10-12 Big 12 fan cast, we pulled some of the biggest Big 12 fans from social media and brought them on to our YouTube channel to do a live show. I enjoyed it so much. I thought, what a great way to wrap up the season. I understand we have bowl games and, and the college football playoff and so on and so forth. But when, you know, a large chunk of your conference's season is done. It feels appropriate at this point, especially with players entering the border and so on and so forth, uh, to kind of recap the season, the part that mattered the most. So joining us today, and we'll tell you both their name and their representation, she is Emily Bannister, UCF diehard. Now, what is the official, like, Emily, as I recall, they gave you, like, a, a title as far as your UCF fandom. Yeah, they call me Zoom Girl um, because of the background that I put up when a coworker um, was talking about the Florida Gators, I put up the background of us beating them in the Gasparilla Bowl, um, and it went pretty viral. It still likes to make the rounds on uh, on Saturdays down south every once in a while. So they, they call me Zoom Girl, and I get called that at bars even. So <laughs> <laughs> Very nice, very nice. Uh, for his first appearance, he is Ryan, a.k.a. UHCube10. Uh, I don't think there's anybody that hits me up in the 1012 network DMs as much as Ryan does. Ryan, welcome, man. Hey, thank you. Uh, it, you know, ready to 
have a fun discussion on how Big 12 is going and um, when it comes to football and how the season was this past year. And so, yeah, thank you all. Always happy to have some representation from a fan base who didn't love what happened. Uh, another returning guest, Allison Renner, Kansas State fan. If you can't tell both from the shirt and the background, Allison, welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me. You know, I try and keep this to like fans, not podcasters, but you're starting to make enough appearances on other shows. And Cocaine Willie, I was like this close to me, like, I don't know if she still fits the like does isn't a podcast host guest uh, requirement anymore. See, at this point, I I don't have the time or effort to make my own podcast. So I just volunteer for other podcasts and it works out pretty well. Uh, as as a consistent podcaster, uh, being the guest is always more fun, fun than being the host. So uh, you're doing it the right way. And also making a return appearance. Raider Ty, if you're not sure what school he is associated with, his background and shirt will also help you in that regard. Welcome back, Ram. Thanks. I always have to be careful when I throw the guns up on the virtual background because sometimes the green screen kind of takes stuff away and I'm just like putting a finger up. But I am actually very happy to see everybody uh again and i'm also completely on board with allison uh we don't the world just does not need another podcast there's so many great podcasts listen to the back to 12 podcast and just be a guest if you can can and uh contribute to the already great ones that are there yeah i don't the number of texas tech podcasts seems to like double it's it's it is the you cut off one head and like three more appear uh with texas tech podcast every one time one dies more of them just start sprouting up everywhere. I know. And the thing is, like, I feel bad because, so, like, I, I listen to the Gambling Gauchos. It's probably my, my consistent, like, workout listen. But I've got buddies who do other ones. They have a lot of, like, really good, like, takes. They've got good analysis. Like, it's all really good stuff, man. It's just, I, there's just so little time to, like, get to all the podcasts. And it's, like, the next week I see this, like, burgeoning, you know, tortillas and something, you know, or some tech-related <laughs> Cast I'm like, oh yeah, I'm hitting you with that follow. I don't know when I'm getting to that first listen, but uh, I'm definitely supporting you. I will support as well as I can in, in the time that lots me. And I can't do uh, people who listen to podcasts on like one and a half to two times speed. Uh, I I can't decide if I'm like proud of you or I think you're a sociopath. Like I have to go normal speed. I can't do the chipmunk voices. So it does limit like how many things we actually are going to, I'm actually able to listen to. So uh, we are not here today to uh, any, provide any critique on any podcast out there. Although listen to all the big 12 podcasts, be supportive of the big 12 conference. We are here to talk about the big 12. I've got a nice collection of questions that I sent out to our guests uh, and we will see what other things pop up to our mind as well. Also to everybody watching right now, uh, Benji, yes, hashtag hook them for a, a little bit longer. And then come July 2nd, July 1st of next year. Um, like we're still going to have a Texas show, but we'll get to that then. Uh, Thomas Gross, welcome. Thanks for joining us. All right, question number one. Let's talk about the Big 12 as a whole. Texas wins the Big 12 in football. It wasn't Texas OU in Arlington. We were saved from that. Uh, OU did have a successful season. Kansas State had a good year. For newcomers, UCF, the only one making a bowl game. You call it up and down for everyone else. Some of the teams didn't live up to expectations and the Conference championship game was probably the least exciting it's been in since it came back, arguably. So looking at everything that went down this season, looking at the way the season has kind of gone for the Big 12 as a conference, do we consider this season a success for the Big 12? Uh, Ryan, as our first-time guest, you're up first, sir. I mean, overall, I, you know, at a conference, they were about it was about 500. 
Um, some in some of those cases, it was also against you know what would be future Big Twelve teams as well. Um, and what I mean by five hundred, I mean by against P five, two B P four, I guess. Um, it wasn't the best of years, and you again, you would have wished that you know the the out the, the conference championship the conference champion wouldn't have been an outgoing team, but um, you know I I would say it was it was not great, but it was it was it was a not bad one as well, and so yeah, that's kind of what I would kind of say at the moment. Fair enough. Fair enough, Allison. Yeah, I, similar to that. I mean, you, it's hard to see Texas win, but they were definitely undisputed the best team in the Big 12 this year. Um, I got to be kind of careful how I say this, because I, I don't think that the Big 12 really ever has a down year because it's so competitive within the conference and it's always fun to watch. However, I I don't think that any of the teams who are happy with their season – I. I think the only teams that are happy with their entire season are teams that weren't as bad as they thought they were going to be. Um, I, I think all the teams at the top were pretty disappointed that they didn't make it to Arlington other than you know, Oklahoma state and Texas, but even Oklahoma state stumbled uh, throughout their season. Um, and again, they weren't as bad as I think a lot of people predicted. Um, the teams I have as maybe being the only happy ones are obviously Texas, uh, Iowa state, is, wasn't as bad as we thought going in August. Uh, West Virginia, maybe, unless you really want uh, Neil Brown gone. And possibly Oklahoma State, just because they did make it to the championship, but had a pretty sad performance there. They were in attendance. They didn't really show up, uh, I think is a, a good way of describing it. Uh, Benji, it was a down season. No, it was bad. Okay, congratulations, Texas beat a bad conference i guess is the messaging you want to send there uh emily <laughs> what are your thoughts on the big 12 this year you know i'm calling it a win um going into the conference championship even uh, so the oklahoma state byu game there was an implication there that if oklahoma state lost it was going to be two outgoing teams that were going to be in the conference championship and i think at that point in time you have to call the season a loss for the big 12. The fact that Oklahoma State was technically there, I'm going to count that as a win for the conference. And even though Texas is outgoing, yes, at the end of the day, if Texas ends up being the national champion, I'm not saying whether or not I think they are or aren't going to, they are going to go down as a Big 12 winner. And so we will get that that money if they do win the, the conference gets that money if they do win the national championship. It is in the record books as a Big 12 team. And so I think overwhelmingly, yes, it's a successful season. You can't say you don't want a team to go to the national championship just because they're an outgoing team. Um, and so then I think it reflects well well on the conference that they were competitive enough within the conference to deem a spot within those four, um, especially looking at FSU's situation, not making it into the four um, and the outrage there. Um, Texas did what they needed to do. They're representing the Big 12. And I think um, because you then had other representation in the Big 12 championship, I think overwhelmingly I'm going to say it's a win for the conference for the season. That's fair. Uh, Raider tie. Well, uh, obviously as the Texas Tech representative, I'm, I've been, I'm kind of in hell. But uh, overall, uh, kind of a good second half. So the Big 12 finishes with nine bowl-eligible teams this year, it's actually pretty balanced, generally like across the league as far as other conferences that had bowl eligible 
teams. We saw a lot more balance this year. The Pac-12 decided to be more competitive and actually got eight teams this year. So good to see the ballots. Um, mentioned earlier, we've got um, really kind of a nightmare scenario for the hateful eight <laughs> contingency um, who wanted to see uh, Texas and Oklahoma lo- lose obviously this year. Um, but a uh, lot of consistency, like I said, nine teams got in. So a lot of, a lot of parity within the league. I think it's a lot of stuff that we're going to see moving forward. Um, as you see, the resource gaps are a lot thinner between a lot of these programs um, from a resource cons- standpoint, from a recruiting standpoint, uh, I think it'll, you know, what we saw to this year, uh, it will be kind of a good sign of things to come. But um, uh, overall, it was the mid 12 kind of lived up to its name this year. A um, lot of parody. Um, wish that my own alma mater had been on the right side of a couple of those games. Um, but, you know, overall, not too bad. Not a bad year. Fair enough. Fair enough. I just, I think if we are being honest, and I think everyone kind of has been, like there are positive takeaways from this season, but I don't feel like it's the success for the Big 12 as a conference that the two previous seasons were, right? When you got teams that you you already knew Oklahoma and Texas were leaving eventually, you got a conference championship game that featured teams that were sticking around. You got a TCU in the college football playoff, like in the national championship game, and I don't care what that game looked like. You can call the two previous seasons a success. Going into this year, it didn't it didn't feel like it had the star power. It didn't feel like it had the like the it was the Big Twelve as we talk about on a consistent basis. The, it is not a reload conference. Everyone just yep, the next guy up, it's going to be the same thing. It's Alabama. It's all that. It is a a entire conference of teams that have up cycles, and it felt like most of the conference was not at the peak or right before the peak of their up cycle, and so. It was a little bit, I guess you could say, of a down year. Um, Texas is really good. That's why they won the conference. It's If you want to look at it from the standpoint of it stinks because they're leaving, like I get it. It's still a win that it wasn't Texas and Oklahoma both there. So like, I think it was a fine year for the Big 12. Um, I don't think it took away from the interest or excitement about having four new schools. And it doesn't certainly make any of us less excited about next year when there'll be four more new schools who join the conference. Mentioning those four, let's turn to the four newcomers. I'm very excited that Emily and Ryan are here. Um, look, only one is going bowling in UCF, and they had to pull off some just some incredible stuff down the stretch to do so. One of them fired their head coach in Houston, and one of them got one conference win, and it didn't come against any of the incumbent teams. It came against the Houston team uh, that fired their head coach. I think Cincinnati and, and BYU, I think, would be disappointed knowing that they had five wins for like – five weeks in a row and couldn't seal the deal in any of the other games to get to bowl eligibility as well. So how do we look at the four newcomers based off of even preseason expectations to now and grade the season for them in their first year in the big 12? Emily. Yep. So I think automatically, if you don't make a bowl game, you're out of D. So, I mean, I think that bowl eligibility is the absolute minimum that you can ask for. In the preseason, when we talked about my expectations for UCF, I said that bowl eligibility would be considered a pretty good season in my book, um, especially with the unknowns of the team. Um, So with that said, I give UCF a C plus. Um, They did beat the number um, 15 team in the nation uh, handily, held them to three three points, um, held Ollie Gordon to 25 yards. 
Um, can't really ask for much more than that. Um, had some pretty devastating losses, had some pretty devastating injuries, but we're going bowling. So I'll give him a C plus there. Everybody else, I think, is a pretty flat D because it doesn't matter what moral victories anybody had. If you don't pull out the 500 rating, you don't pull out the 500 rating. And I think that's pretty much where I have to stand on that. Ryan? So mine kind of ranges. Um, Cincinnati had a lot of turnover when it comes to getting getting things going, plus the change. That's really difficult to deal with. Um, and what I mean by that is you go from, you know, what, what they had the previous two seasons and a very senior and Latin team to then what was going on this year. Um, that's that's going to be just hard to go with. And then you're going to be stepping up in the league, um, kind of taking a lot of that into consideration. Yeah, it's it's probably going to be somewhere in that D range with UCF. Um, I, I would put them. This was a pretty dang good year, and the fat and, and I get the whole thing of of the you know close but don't get it type type item. But considering you're stepping up in league and you're and they did as well as they did, um, and also with how things look when it comes to recruiting as well, um, and how how that look looks to be going. I would kind of put them more in uh, on the range of like a a, a B to a maybe an A minus, um, just because of the the possibility of what you're seeing and and the things that's getting built there that this season may may be a stepping stone into. Um, BYU, I, I would probably say around the same thing, um, uh, with a with a D or so, something like that, maybe a C, just because. You know, they're getting they're kind of getting things figured out, but it's not completely there. And for Houston, I, I give two different grades for this and where it's a pre and post Dana type deal. Um, the pre Dana is an F. And the reasoning why is you had a, we were lucky to get to four wins. This 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 easily could have been a two win team um, or worse just because of the, the breaks that were kind of provided. If there wasn't a guy that lines up over this over center during a field goal it's in, against UTSA, you probably have a loss there. And then you had the miracle play against West Virginia, and then potentially whatever happened against Baylor. They pulled those items out, but I, I, I really question now. Now, as a as a post Dana grade, because I like the coaching hire so much, and they made the they made the change, and then they. The, the type of hire they made, I'd probably put it to a C just because the administration did the right thing and they made the correct choice on the person. Um, Cause I really like Fritz. Um, and so, yeah, that, that's what I would kind of say. Allison. Yeah. So I, I gave out my grades based on my expectations for each team on the season um, so they're, they're actually kind of all about the same. I, I think every team kind of, uh, performed to my expectation with the exception of one. So Cincinnati, C, I expected them to be the last in the conference and they were, I, I don't think there's much, uh, going on there. And honestly, I don't have a whole lot of hope for them, um, anytime soon because they've got a lot of work to do, but you know, we'll see. BYU, um, I have a C minus. I thought they would perform a little bit better, especially uh, winning against Arkansas. Um, turns out Arkansas was just really bad, and they just couldn't get anything going late in the season. Um, Houston, I have as a C plus because I expected them to win two games, and they doubled that. 
So even though they are very ugly wins, a win is a win. So I'll give them a little bump there. Um, UCF is the only one I knocked down a little bit because I had pretty high expectations for them going in. So I gave them a D um, just because especially when, you know, I watched them play in Manhattan against K-State, I thought they had a lot of potential there. And again, they just couldn't get anything going uh, consistently throughout the season. But, you know, they did have a big win over Oklahoma State. Can't take that away. Um, And I still have pretty hope pretty high hopes for them in the future. I, I think once they kind of get things figured out, they get their recruiting up, I, they'll be a pretty good uh, contender for the conference. Raider Ty? I'm with Allison in that this is hard to grade because it's all based on what I expected from everybody. That was my baseline. And I mentioned this, and I got called of like a, you know, just the newcomer hater. Um, I think it is very, very hard to make the jump week to week, the physicality and the speed, the injuries that pile up in the first year. I said it at the beginning of the year that all four of these guys are going to go through some growing pains. It's just, I mean, and these are, they've all done, frankly, they've done more than my program has in the last 10 years in the New York, New Year's six department, but it's like, but there is a big difference between coming up and beating like and playing a hell of a game with the great players you have against one team and the week to week grind that this, that the power five conference schedule has but as far as overall grades I, I can't give houston a failing grade like i don't i, I pick them to be bathwater this year and they kind of were but like like alice had mentioned they were a bit better everybody else essentially performed in what i expected i think ucf is maybe a little bit lower but not really like they were they were probably were in the best position of all four of the as far as talent and just like just readiness with the conference but I picked them at about six or seven wins, and they did that. I was glad that we squeaked away from it, from that game at the end. They're, they've got a lot of potential, and I'm certainly, like I said, if Fritz can get things going in Houston, if, if they can get the, that fan base to invest and care and rally the donors up, Houston has so much potential. It's just such a big if. Um, UCF is obviously the, one of the largest you know, schools in the country and a major talent pool, so – I'm not fading any of these guys moving forward, but as far as like this year and expectations, this is about what I expected. Um, but, you know, definitely glad they're here. And all of them seem very, you can just see with the moves that are being made that there's, there's definitely focus and investment, um, you know, to continue excelling, which I'm sure their fans are all super excited about. We are, and we had other fans of the conference should definitely be happy about too. Uh, I'll go through mine quick. Cincinnati's an F. Like it was an F higher before the season, and then you came in and won three games. And I mean, congrats on your wins over an FCS team, a god awful pit team, and a road win at Houston. At like, who fired their coach? Like, I, it was that was bad. That was very very bad. Uh, Houston, I guess I'll give you a D minus. I'll be nice I'll, I'll, because you actually did the thing and fired Dana at the end of the season, I think gives you a bump. I'm a little bit nicer to BYU. Uh, I think the quarterback injuries and a lot of the injuries they dealt with at BYU and the back half of that schedule was not fair. Like just, it was tough. And to be that close to beating Oklahoma state and being that close to beating Oklahoma, like I'll, I'll give them a C grade, which is like, I, I, you were close enough to bowl eligibility that I'll give you a pass here. Cause I think my expectations for them were a little bit lower than they actually finished. Uh, and and UCF, like I think it's a it's a hard thing for UCF of you are the only one who got a bowl game, 
and you found a way despite having a horrible middle of the season to get that bowl eligibility you but you left so much on the field too where you should have probably beaten Oklahoma and you should have probably beaten you should have beaten Baylor like, I don't know I still don't know how that game happened like I, you you probably could have gone on the road and beaten Texas Tech I just I I what's funny for UCF is if you the positive takeaway for them for this season is they were this close to being to their record being so much better. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, I, I'm, I'm going to give them a good grade because they got to well eligibility despite all those problems. But I also want to like knock them a little, I'm going to give you like a, a, a B minus. Like I'm proud of you getting a bowl game and you're the only newcomer who did it. You, you could have been even better. Like you could have been a nine win team if you make a good call here and, and make a play here and make a play there. And I just, like, I think they left out on the, a lot on the field, but you can take that as a positive. Hey, we did all that. We still got to a bowl game, and that's got to make us feel good about year two when we've finally, you know, done the whole Big 12 schedule once. Now we feel a little more acclimated to it. I think uh, I need to defend the team just a little bit too, because hearing you mention um, BYU quarterback troubles, and then I think you have to look at UCF and give the same graces. We did not have our starting quarterback for four weeks. We went to Kansas State, didn't have our starting quarterback. Went to Kansas, didn't have our starting quarterback. Um, JRP came back for Oklahoma, had the flu. He played that game with the flu. And so I think you look at that and you look at some of those close games. Baylor, we lost. Timmy McLean just is not a closer. He's not a finisher. And so um, that's where I think I give UCF a lot of grace this season is the quarterback troubles just absolutely nailed us and some injuries on defense too. So that's where I kind of step in and just get a little defensive of them um, because I I do think that that is a massive, massive consideration that a lot of people forget. UCF lost three games by two or less points. That is brutal. Brutal. That is a nine and three team. If there's a couple, I mean, again, it's close only counts and grenades and horses, but context should matter a little bit. Context (laughs) matters. And the other statistic that I think is very interesting about this team is UCF held the lead in every single second half of the season at some point. That call at the end of the first half against Tech blew it. That Malzahn called blew yeah. it in that game for UCF. Agree. Uh, ben, Pitt beat Louisville. Like, okay, good job. Uh, I don't know what Bushwick is. I don't know why. It looks like I live there. And no, I'm not in a dungeon. I am in – I'm actually at my office uh, because – I get better Wi-Fi and I have a podcasting studio whose background is not Lego sets I've built with my three girls. So I thought this might be a little bit more appropriate for a YouTube live than my children's playroom sitting in front of a uh, some cozy couch cushions. Okay. Uh, I, I I think we are so far kind of feeling a little bit consensus on some of this stuff. Although, yes, Allison is a bit of a tough grader. I, you know what? It's harsh but fair. Harsh but fair. Okay. Okay. Um, we had some absolutely incredible games this season, um, despite it being a down year for the Big 12. So I'm going to ask you guys, one, two, three, whichever ones you want, what do you think were the best games in the Big 12 this season? Raiders High. Uh, Texas, Oklahoma. Uh, no, no one wants to hear that, but yeah, that one was probably the best game of the year. Uh, this was a sicko game uh, 
up, but the ending makes it great. And that is West Virginia and Houston. Um, I got to pour one out for my man, Donovan Smith. I am so happy uh, that he has found a great home in, at UH. Um, I don't know how Cougs fans have felt about it, him throughout the course of the year, but um, I love that for Donnie. Uh, and I just, I literally, I think I tweeted like, I trust the climb, like at the, like right before the Hail Mary uh sicko disgusting game uh but houston pulls it out and uh was that was a lot of fun and then i guess for the third game again just because it was crazy i'll say central florida and baylor even though i don't really like seeing baylor i kind of just the only way this would have been better is if like literally the outcome was different like if the if the comeback happened but fell just short because um, I don't love seeing <laughs> Baylor uh, happy, but those are probably my three. Rivalries never die. Ah, uh, Ryan. Um, one, I have a thing for snow games. Um, I don't know if that just comes from my dad or whatnot, but Farmageddon was an incredible watch. Um, sorry for uh, wheat losing to corn, but that happens sometimes, I guess. Um, that was hilarious. Those signs were hilarious, by the way. Um, I didn't know that you truly had a war over commodities. Um, anyway, uh, after that, um, yeah, OUUT was a fantastic watch, just to how crazy that always is. And then uh, Oklahoma State, um, OU, and uh, the, the, the hilarious choices also by the Oklahoma uh, State Administration and those who are overseeing the game to uh, play certain songs uh, after the game ends to uh, just kind of put a little knife into OU's side um, with how that one went. Uh, yeah, that, w- that was fantastic. So that's what I would probably say. Uh, regarding that OU, that uh, West Virginia-Houston game, when that Hail Mary happened, all I could do was – I didn't cheer. I just laughed because of how ridiculous that game was. Like, I that, that game was so – <laughs> anyway, ugh. That, that's all I got. <laughs> Uh, Allison. Yeah, so I, if I was looking at every single Big t- uh, 12 game on the schedule and great, uh, kind of picking the best game, if I could go back to one of those games, I would choose Bedlam. But I did not watch that game because I was in Austin, Texas that weekend watching K-State play Texas. Um, so that was my best game of the year that I actually watched. Uh, it unfold live. Um Unfortunately, did not have the outcome I wanted to, and I was very sports sad afterwards, uh, especially being stuck in your opponent's uh, college town. But it was an incredible game, just the emotions uh, that we all went through as K-State fans, as Texas fans. Um, The first half of the game, I sat next to some not great uh, atmospheric fans, Um, I saw some openings on the other side of the stadium. So I just walked over, met some really awesome Texas fans over there that went through all the emotions with us through the second half when we thought it was all over coming back, going to overtime, uh, our kicker missing just very painful extra points and field goals. And, you know, the decision to go for it in the last bit, I, I was seriously covering my eyes, the, Texas fans behind me were doing that whole thing of like, no, you have to watch. And it, unfortunately, <laughs> um, 
yeah, very sports sad after that, but it was a great game environment. Um, even being in uh, a, a different stadium, that's not your own. I imagine it's that scene in Bird Box where he's just like holding her eyes. Like, no, you, I will force you to watch this however it's going to go. Uh, Emily, what are your thoughts? Yeah, so in no particular order, I had Oklahoma State versus BYU. Um, I think that one went to double overtime. I was sitting on my couch. Um, it had huge implications for both teams. Either Oklahoma State was going to the conference championship or BYU was going to be um, bowl eligible in their first year. Um, so that one was just really fun, especially Oklahoma State coming back from a deficit and and winning it out um, was a really fun one to watch. Um, my fan base isn't going to love this, but I had Baylor versus UCF. Um, I tried to be very objective when making this list. And if I were not a UCF fan, if I were just a college football fan sitting on my couch and I saw that UCF was up 29 points and then looked down at the scoreboard and saw that they were coming back, I would have turned that one on and that one would have been a really fun watch too. So I had that one on there. And then I also had um, Houston versus Texas. Um, I watched that. I was in OU. I'm from Oklahoma. Uh, bye, Ryan. Um, I was in Oklahoma. I watched it at a friend's house. Um, that was just such a close game. We were really hoping that Houston would pull that one off. And I just have, have had a good time watching that one. So those were my three. I think those are all great options. The only other ones I had on the list as I'm trying to work through like a top 10 games list for this year uh, would be Sunflower Showdown between Kansas State and Kansas. I know that one's hard for Kansas fans because you had this lead. You had your shot. Kansas State pulls the come from behind comeback win. Uh, Kansas over Oklahoma. See, Kansas, there are positives on this list. Kansas finally beating Oklahoma in the last year. They play each other. Like that game was insane and so much fun to watch. Uh, and I'm counting this one. I don't care that it was a non-conference game. They're joining us. I put Colorado TCU on the list because I feel like we've all forgotten because both teams ended up being bad that that game happened. and. The national attention that that game generated because everyone's like, what the heck is happening? The team that was just lost the national championship is in a tight race with Colorado, one of the worst FBI. Oh, it's Dion. Everything about that game, surrounding that game, and it's a Big 12 game next year. It was just fantastic, incredible, and, and that was a great way to kick off the season, I think, was having that one as a, uh, a future Big 12 game. So I love you guys' additions to the list. I'm going to put something out on Patreon. It's got our top 10 for the year, but we'll uh, we'll get to that. Um, okay, last question of the night before we get you out of here. Obviously, we do have bowl games. Nine teams are bowling in bowl season. Uh, we actually kick things off the first day. It's wild to me that it's usually like, all right, so bowl season kicks off, and I'm just going to watch everything, but we've got like a week for Big 12. No, nope, nope, Texas Tech and Cal. On December 16th, the very first day of bowl season. Cannot wait for that one. So here's the caveat on this, and I forgot to include it in the notes, but I'm going to do it now. Which bowl game are you most excited about? But you cannot pick the one that your team is playing in because that is lame. So, Allison, you're up first. Dang, really kind of putting me on the spot. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So I I was going to say, you know, outside of the Pop-Tarts Bowl, because who – who would not get excited about eating a life-size mascot that somehow transforms to be editable? Edible. This is <laughs> not editable. Some questionable wording there from the Pop Tarts Bowl committee. But um, if it if it counts, I am going to pick the Sugar Bowl. 
Um, I have friends that go to the University of Washington, and I've always kind of been a, a bit of a Washington fan just because uh, they're another purple team out there and they have a really cute mascot. So um, I I know it's, you know, Texas is a big 12 team, but um, my I, I'm still not over that uh, game from Austin. And I'd really like to see uh, Washington pull out a national championship. So that that's my pick. Fair enough. Raider tie. I think I'm going to throw a bit of an unconventional one because I think the matchup is really interesting. I am kind of, I'm actually pretty intrigued by the matchup in the Pop-Tarts Bowl with Kansas State going up against North Carolina State. NC State, uh, a top 25 defense. Uh, Kansas State, obviously a very physical team that leans a lot on their run game and the really good offensive line. So love that matchup a lot. Um, I think that will probably be a lower scoring game, but I always enjoy these ones where it's like NC State. Wait, they're ranked. Like, wait, they've done things this year. Like, that's that's weird. So, um, would probably say that for my unconventional pick. And I'm also, it's a tie between that one and Texas A&M and Oklahoma State, uh, just with a Big 12 South rematch uh, from Texas A&M. They've been they've dodged us for all these years, but they get matched up with Oklahoma State. So, definitely excited to watch that one. Uh, shout out to the Pop-Tarts Bowl, specifically to Pop-Tarts and to Manhattan Brewing Company. We're going to do a live show next Sunday. Uh, we are doing a Pop-Tart and beer uh, pairing. We're going to do taste tests. So we have four Pop-Tarts and four beers from Manhattan Brewing that we're going to do. I am uh, very excited for the perfect kind of weird December content to put out right before the holidays and bowl season. So uh, we'll, we'll have that live here uh, next Sunday as well. Okay, Emily, what's your pick? So... I want to make sure that I say that I actually had selected this one before your caveat, and it was actually the Liberty Bowl, Iowa State versus Memphis. And there's a reason why that one is my favorite, and that is because, no offense to Ryan, I did not believe that Houston should have been given the fourth spot into the Big 12. I thought that it should have been Memphis. I've always really enjoyed Memphis. Um, UCF has like a pretty interesting budding rivalry with them we played them for conference championships back-to-back years in the american athletic conference um they were they were always really talented they had some really fun players some guys go to the nfl and for them to have a matchup now against a big 12 team i just think in my head is like this fun little like if memphis somehow pulls out the win over iowa state it almost like verifies like my previous decisions um Memphis obviously doesn't have the greatest strength of schedule, but they did beat Boise State, who was a conference champion, and they hung in there with Missouri. Um, they think lost by, I think, three points. Um, so that was the one that I was most excited for. Um, a nod to Raider tie. My knee-jerk reaction when you asked this question was um, the Texas A&M game, but with them losing the coach, that one's not as interesting as a, as a matchup to me as it probably would have been, but that would have been my second choice. I think I, I think it was Brett McMurphy who put out a tweet, and I'm I don't want to go look it up, so I'll paraphrase from memory. Um, there's only like nine bowl games that don't feature like a starting quarterback in the portal or a new head coach or like some major shakeup from either the transfer portal or coaching moves. Like nine bowl nine teams, not nine bowl games, like nine teams in bowl season have not been completely like blown up going into it, uh, which is just I mean, it, it does because you look at some of these matchups and you say. This would be good, but like, yeah. Uh, so before I continue that, Ryan, what's your pick? Um, honestly, just because, you know, I have to admit, I'm kind of in full-blown basketball season now. 
but <laughs> just because of how things have gone and uh, how how, uh, how hoops has been, I'm actually very much anticipating this weekend when when we play A and M. But uh, no, we, I'm I would kind of go with the Texas Bowl itself, just because of any time someone can potentially take down what, either UT or A and M, I'm all for it. And if it's the Pokes, I I might go to that game. And so with it being with it being you know not far from where I am, and so uh, yeah, that that's what I would that that's that's what I'm going to kind of go with. And so yeah, I uh, I am picking the Alamo Bowl. And I'm just going to be as like Big Twelve like biased as possible. Uh, future Big Twelve member versus exiting Big Twelve member is perfect, fantastic. Like, would love to see Arizona beat Oklahoma on their way out and be like, well, that's one more Big Twelve team who has beaten Oklahoma in their final season is Arizona. We're going to count that as a Big Twelve. Either way, we're just going to count it as a Big Twelve win. So if Oklahoma wins, like, congratulations, you win your final bowl game as a member of the Big Twelve. If Arizona wins congratulations this was your first official big 12 game we let you come in a little bit early we you can roll early in the conference and congratulations you got that win so also it should just be a good game like it should be except no dylan gabriel so again like i we, always uh, play both sides when you can oh of course yes so the alamo bowl and the pop tarts bowl are the only two non-new year six bowls that have both ranked teams which kind of adds in another just fun Fun part to it, but yeah, that one should be a really good game. I I, I need to see Climate have to take a bite from a, a, a living, breathing, walking, human-sized Pop-Tart. Uh, there's other coaches it would be more fun to see. <laughs> the whole the whole offensive line gets a bite. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's either going to be incredibly awesome or incredibly weird and awkward. And I'm really hoping it's the second. Like I just, that, there's no way that's not weird. I'm like, oh, come here, man. I'm going to take a bite out of you. No, no, please. That's not okay. Uh, you guys have been fantastic and this has been a ton of fun. I always enjoy doing this stuff. And I think it's really fun to have fans of the big 12 with such personality. That's like, let's just grab a few and put them on live and see what happens. And you guys have delivered every time we've done this. So, uh, Here's your chance. Plug your social. Where can everybody find out all the craziness you have when it comes to covering and talking about your team in the Big 12 itself? Emily. Yep. Um, so you can find me, Emily underscore Bannister, on Twitter. Um, I like to throw a bunch of fun stuff out there, mostly UCF stuff. So if you're looking for somebody that just retweets a bunch of UCF accounts and puts an occasional meme up there, that's me. Very good. Ryan? Um. You know, X Twitter, it's U- at UHCoogs10. Um, I'll be posting probably a lot more with basketball season going on. Uh, and uh, probably because I don't, I try not to do too much ranting on there when it comes to certain sports. Um, but uh, no, I, you know, if you ever want to have discussions or anything like that, feel free. And so, yeah. <laughs> Ryan's happy to hop in your DMs and talk about Big 12 in Houston. Uh, Raider Ty. Yeah, find me at RaiderTie92. The PFP is a badly photoshopped image of The Rock with googly eyes. For those of you who are fans of Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, one of the greatest meta movies ever with a Texas Tech cat poorly photoshopped on it. So generally uh, tweet Texas Tech propaganda, but um, very proud and happy about my uh, Big 12 following. Love just talking Big 12 sports um, in general. So a lot of tech memes, a lot of bad photoshops. Um, hopefully it's 
fun. Never let the never let the bird or the ex have um, hurt, hurt your feelings. Rare to have a good time. No. And Allison. Yep, it's um, Allison underscore Renner on Twitter. So it's always Twitter to me. Um, mostly K-State stuff, some Big 12 stuff, a little bit of NFL, getting into basketball season. And um, now, I guess, free marketing for Pop-Tarts and Kellogg. <laughs> they get you down there. Do you want to wear the Pop-Tart costume when they all have to like come and eat it at the end of the game? Would you be willing to? I'd... Not not at the end of the game. I'm, okay. I'm good. I, okay. But, you know, I, I have bought <laughs> a couple boxes of Pop-Tarts. I'm not going to lie. It's It's really worked its magic on me. I've got five boxes my kids keep asking about. I'm like, no, not till after I do this YouTube live. And then you can have everything that's left over. You're just to your heart's content, children. Merry Christmas. I'll put bows on it and everything. You can just dig in. Children love Pop-Tarts because of course they do. Although one of the flavors is frost is like unfrosted strawberry because I'm convinced Jerome Tang is actually secretly a sociopath because those are the only kinds of people I know who buy unfrosted Pop-Tarts. It's fine. We're going to make it work. The parents will be beautiful. You guys are awesome. Thank you, everybody. Uh, if you're watching tonight, uh, watching later, like the video, subscribe. Appreciate it. We'll keep putting out content like this. I fully expect we'll do something basketball-related like this come January. Maybe you'll see. Uh, Ryan has just asked to come back on immediately. Uh, I know he'll be excited to do so. Thanks again to everybody who's been watching. Thanks again to our guests. And uh, y'all have a good week. Podcast Network.